Welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast, a monthly opportunity to meet and connect with Fairfax County leaders, to learn about the latest county news and information, and hear more on specific Fairfax County programs and services. Now here's your host, Jim Person, with this month's guest. Hello and welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast. I'm your host today, Tony Castrelli, the Director of Public Affairs for Fairfax County, filling in for Jim Person, who could not be here today. But we are so excited to have a very special guest joining us, Victor Hoskins, the President and Chief Executive Officer of the Fairfax County Economic Development Authority, also known as the EDA. Welcome, Victor. Thank you. And before we get started, we have a special guest joining us here on the pod, famous county podcaster, <laughs> County Executive Brian Hill. Thank you, uh, Tony. Uh, let me just say this before we start. Jim always provided a diet Dr. Pepper, and I see you just gave water, so there's something going on here. We didn't want to get you too amped up. We wanted to keep it, you know, on the level. Okay. So no sugar, just water. All right, cool, cool. Well, I just wanted to come down, one, to say hello to Victor, Victor Hoskins, who is, uh, has made a significant impact in Fairfax County in a short period of time. Uh, We talked a lot. Uh, I thought I talked a lot to the superintendent. As you know from the last podcast, I didn't talk much during that podcast. And if we ever bring him back on, let him go solo. (laughs) But I just wanted to wish Victor all the best. Uh, He's done a great job thus far. Regionalism has come to the forefront in Northern Virginia under his stewardship and leadership. And it's a breath of fresh air as we move our county forward. You know, again, I'm always going to say... What you did 30 years ago was awesome to allow us to be in the place we are today. What are we going to do today for the next 30 years is our goal. And with Victor on board and with Scott Brabrand on board, I think the county is in a good place. Thank you. Oh, I was hoping you'd get something. Thank you, sir. Okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> I deeply appreciate that. Sir. No. Well, Victor and I have a, a lot to talk about. Brian, we really appreciate you stopping in. You mentioned uh, your current uh, discussion with Superintendent Scott Braybrand. Uh, you can hear that on the uh, county's uh, podcast right now. Um, listen, it and listen in. And then, Brian, you'll be back with us in January uh, for the first podcast of 2020. And it will also be the first podcast of the new board, which is going to be quite interesting. So, Victor, all the best today, my friend. Thank you very much, sir. Right. Appreciate it. All right. So, Victor... The chair of the EDA's board described you in the Washington Post as an economic development dynamo. (laughs) And I know you've had leadership positions in Prince George's County, in the district, and of course in Arlington. Now you're here with Fairfax County. So how did you get here? Well, well, first of all, it's very kind of the the chairwoman to um, Chairwoman Lang to describe me that way. I really am very fortunate in that I have um, been part of some great teams. Um, That's one of the things that I really uh, focus on whenever I enter an organization. Um, I've been in both the public and private sector my entire career. Half half my career I've spent in the private sector. Half my career I've spent in the public sector. I've spent uh, time on Wall Street uh, with a real estate investment company called Urban America. And I've spent time as Secretary of Housing for the state of Maryland. So I've done some pretty, you know, pretty extreme things. Um, before coming back to the private sector eight years ago, I was doing management consulting. Um, I had offices around the country in, in Los Angeles, in Indianapolis, and in um, Raleigh, North Carolina. 
And when I came back to the public sector, you know, my wife always asked me, so why are you going back now? Um, and I usually go back for the same reason, which is the interesting challenge. I really like the challenges of the public sector. And um, my education, um, I did my bachelor's and my master's degree um, in, in related fields related to um real estate development, actually, master's in city planning from MIT and real estate uh, finance. So that really gave me a great undergirding for really doing both. But what I find great about working in the public sector is the scale of the impact. And the way that I ended up coming to Fairfax County is really looking for a, a new challenge. I mean, after um, a big part of my job in D.C., I started there in, in it was January of 2011 under Mayor Gray, and, and the city was in pretty tough shape at that time. They, they had spent down their, their reserves to from $1.25 billion down to $700 million. Um, they had um, really lost a lot of um, retail. They uh, were in a position where I think only three projects, major projects, were under construction, and they had projects all over the city that were stalled. And my job was to develop really to put together a team, develop a strategy to get that to move forward, and working with Mayor Gray um, and the uh, and four universities in the city, the university's dean, we came up with a five-year economic development strategy that basically turned the city around. Um, and by the way, that was a dean of the business school from GW, um, from that's George Washington, from Georgetown, from um, American University and Howard University. Them, 21 MBAs, and a, and a former McKinsey consultant. We actually put together the strategy and really turned the, the city around. And now, I mean, it's, it's, it's enjoying a lot of that right now. The revenues, actually the reserves are up uh, from when I understand. When I left, they were up to $1.75 billion, and from what I understand, they're over $2 billion right now. And they really um, are arguing more about what do we do with budget surpluses as opposed to how do we figure out how to find money, which is a really uh, important thing to do. I mean, they're doing more. Uh, they're doing a ton of work in, in housing now, affordable housing. is something that they are able to finance because they, they have the revenue. But my job is really to turn around an economy. Going to, um, I know it's a long answer, but going to Arlington, um, they had lost 34,000 jobs before I arrived there in January 2015. So that was, you know, January 2015, uh, their vacancy rate um, had peaked at about 21, 22%, and it had gone up from 10%. For anyone that knows anything about vacancy rate, that is killing the revenue of the county. That really, the commercial revenue of the county is where these, our counties in Virginia make our money. So, um, they had lost this 50-50 balance that they had, which was really rare in the country, um, and they were losing about $37 million, almost $40 million a year in revenue because of this high vacancy. So our job was to turn that around, which meant that we had to diversify the economy, move away from business, move, toward, uh, move away from government, move toward business, um, and really focus on building um, a diverse economic base. And we were able to do that. I mean, we started off with Lidl, which is an international uh, grocer, um, and then that led to things like Nestle and Gerber, Grant Thornton, CGI, Accenture. I mean, it really, it really exploded um, in all different directions, uh, from fintech to to um, to AI, from AI to data analytics. Um, we did a lot of great work with the universities, and of course, all that ended up with Amazon. And um, after Amazon, I have to be honest with you, after Amazon, after we closed Amazon, I honestly was sitting there asking myself, so, well, where's the challenge now? Because the vacancy rate has dropped, and, it's, and, and from what I understand, they're forecasting it by you know, 2022 to be down around you know, 12%. That's 10 points lower than when I got there. So I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And, um, and then this challenge came up. Okay. 
incredible, unmatched qualifications, and now you're ours. As Brian said, we are so excited that you're part of the Fairfax County team, and uh, and, and welcome welcome here, and we're looking forward to, to everything that uh, you plan on doing in your vision. You mentioned Amazon. Uh, I know this room is small, but it's incredible that I'm sitting across to, uh, from one of the people who uh, helped close Amazon in Arlington. Just an amazing experience. Tell us a little bit about that, but also, of course, what does that mean for the region and especially Fairfax County? Great. That's a, that's a great question. So, um, you know, I was very fortunate to be part of the team. Um, having Being the leader in, of economic development in Arlington, working so closely with um, Stephanie Landrum, who was the CEO of, of, um, of Alexandria Economic Development Partnership, and really my, my, my right-hand person on the deal um, from business investment side was uh, Christina Wynn, mm-hmm. who is now the Director of Economic Development for Prince Williams County, which is really fantastic. So, um, so on, on the public side, it was really, really the three of us in, in the forefront, but we had people that were working right along with us inside, like Alex Imes and, um, and Marion Marquez, really providing a lot of the support because, look, you do this stuff, you ha- there's a lot of work that goes behind this. So it was, it was a team effort internally, but even more importantly, on a regional basis, it was a team effort because it was really the first time that um, Alexandria, Arlington, Fairfax County, and Loudoun County all were working together for the same goal, which was to attract um, this in- incredible investment. And at that time, when it was originally announced, it was um, uh, $5 billion in investment, 50,000 jobs, average um, wages, I think it was like 100, 125,000 a year. Um, ultimately, it ended up being 25,000 at 37,500 jobs, and um, because part of it was going to New York, and now that's being spread around the country because New York didn't work out right. uh, really well. Um, Two and a half billion in investment, um, and the average wage is $150,000 a year, which is huge for the entire state. But for the region, it's even more important because those, let's call it, let's call it, let's say that it's just 25,000 jobs. For every single tech job that they will bring to this region, let's just say it's 25,000, there will be three to four other additional jobs in the economy. And, and if you think about this just in, in just straightforward, simple terms, you, don't, you, don't, you probably don't wash your own car. You probably uh, you're not, you don't do your own dental work. I know you have an attorney. I'm sure you have a, an accountant. So all of us have these, um, these, these, um, these services that undergird our everyday life. Well, so will all the employees that will be working at Amazon. And... In addition to that, there are companies that support the Amazon infrastructure in the headquarters. So those companies will be here too. So you're looking at really, instead of 25,000 jobs for the region, you're really looking at 100,000 jobs for the region. And for Fairfax County in particular, 33% of that impact will be in Fairfax County um, because those um, they're predicting about a third of those the jobs from Amazon um, this is from the George Mason University um, study, Fuller study. It will clearly land in Fairfax County. The interesting thing is only about 16 to 17 percent will land in Arlington. And people don't know that, which, is re- which means that the region is really winning for this, not just, not just Arlington. Yeah, there, there's no doubt, no doubt about the regional impact on this, especially here in Fairfax County. And we really appreciate this, your perspective. 
Give us a little insight. Uh, there's always challenges, mm -hmm. um, transportation, mm -hmm. infrastructure, housing, all mm -hmm. of those things come yeah. with a, a, a moment such as this. Give mm -hmm. us a little of your input on that. So I didn't, I didn't really drill down into the, the rest of the partnership mm -hmm. um, in terms of how we collaborate it because we collaborated with um, the state in a huge way. Um, Stephen Moray, who is the CEO of the Virginia Economic Development Partnership, brilliant brilliant guy. I, 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 I tell him all the time, I said, man, you have no equal in this industry. You are the best. He has no equal. I am not kidding. He is so brilliant. Um, but he is the one that really helped craft working with his MEI and working with his, um, the board that oversees him, the legislative board that oversees him at, at downstate. Uh, they really came up with the, um, the, the billion dollar investment in education that frankly is un, it's unmatched in the country, Incredible. and it was a brilliant. It was a stroke of genius because it really differentiated us from all the other people who were going after this. You know this this competition. And there were 238 jurisdictions, and for us to stand out, we had to do something different. And this was it. And not only was it something different, but it was the solution that they were looking for, which is a talent solution. Um, and the commitment is now to double the number of of, of uh, technical degrees um, over the next 12 to 15 years. And and over that time. Time period, um, not just for Amazon, but for all the companies in the region, and that really is our biggest challenge going forward. Is are really the, the really meeting the challenge of talent uh, because there is such a high demand for technical talent. And by the way, not just technical talent, but trade talent. I mean, and it's starting to show up in a lot of places now. This is a byproduct of a long of the longest of the longest running um, expansion in the history of our country. Um, this um, you can go back to 1848 uh, when they first started recording uh, the, the GDP of our country. Uh, essentially, this is the longest expansion since then. So it has never been before. And these are problems that we've never seen before and certainly not at this scale, which are you know, things that challenges like transportation is more of a challenge now. Housing is more of a challenge. Um, um, interesting places is a challenge. Uh, so there, these are the things that are starting to bubble up as very, very important things to address. But you really can't address those locally. You really need to address those regionally. Um, and what we recently did, you know, working with um, Stephanie Landrum, Christina, Alex, uh, Alex Imes, myself, and others in the region, Buddy, um, we put together a 10-jurisdiction coalition. I call us the Big Ten. Um, Sounds like it. And this is the Northern Virginia Economic Development Alliance. It's, this is not new. Um, they, this has been done all over the country and actually all over the state of Virginia except in Northern Virginia. So we finally caught on. Um, and, and the really interesting thing is that the fact that we actually were able to land Amazon um, only with partial cooperation. I can't even imagine what we can do now that we have this this regional collaborative. And I do believe that um, we want to use this as a, as a platform um, to, to, to push programs through. But the great thing is that we will be a single branding, single marketing, single communication strategy. And that's something we've never done before. Well, it's not a football conference, but the Big Ten, I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, we have a lot to get to. Uh, but before we, we, we get into some of the specifics, Decades of experience that you just outlined. What would be the top two or three things on your list for Fairfax County? What are your priorities? So the Fairfax County is an amazing geography. I mean, you're talking about 400 square miles. That in and of itself is unbelievable uh, to be working with. And, and, and for people who look at markets, you can you look at Cook County. Cook County is about half the size 
of of um of, of Fairfax County. Right. And the we have a third of all the commercial office space in the entire state. Um, we have now uh, the Silver Line, which is running eventually all the way to the airport, and that's going to happen, you know, within the next year. Let's call it year, um, next summer probably. And that is a very, very unique situation to have. I mean, think about it. So we have these two airports. We have Reagan and um, in Dulles, and between those two airports, we have um, this Metro Line. Um, with this tremendous development capacity that really the visionary um, leaders, um, when we f- when the line was first laid down, realized you have to increase density around these stations. And um, the developers have followed suit and the companies are, you know, are moving in and it's created this opportunity for right now 50 million additional square feet. We have 118 million square feet in our office market. It's the second largest suburban office market in the entire country. The only suburban office market that's larger is in California and Orange County. That's it. It's, it's them and then it's us. And given that and given the fact that this is the, la- the second largest gathering of tech talent in the country, Number one is New York. We're number two. Silicon Valley is number three. People do not realize. Wow, amazing. So, so we have this tech talent. Um, a lot we owe that to the you know to our past history of the government, the internet, and all the other things. ARPA, DARPA, all these great um, research organizations, NIH. So you have this incredible tech talent here. You have this incredible geography. You have the framework um, with this metro. Um, you've, the allowing the densities at the station areas, but we still need to do the hard work, which is. Make these, make these locations places because people these days are looking for interesting places to be, uh, to live, to work, uh, to learn, to play. That's what people are looking for. All of us are looking for that. And, and, and some of that you don't mind paying for, but some of that you actually want to be free. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, I worked on the, the Southwest Waterfront um, on the Wharf Project. Um, that the entire waterfront there is all public space. Um, that is free space. People can bring their lunch there. They can go out on those piers. They don't have to pay, and they can consume this incredible, you know, waterfront experience. Um, but then they can also, if they would like, pay to go to a concert. But there are also free concerts outside. Places that are interesting, dynamic, diverse, um, and that place has every use you can imagine. It has retail. It has hotel. It has res- it has residential rental. It has um, residential for purchase. It has boat slips. It has a fish market. It is that these kinds of places are what people are looking for these days. These places where there is a, a dynamic energy, like mosaic. Like we need more places like mosaic in the county. And we need them right near our business centers um, so that people don't have to use their cars as much. And, and so that so the challenge of transportation, the challenge of housing, the challenge of placemaking are really the three things that are kind of in the forefront right now. And, of course, talent, as I mentioned earlier. Well, thank you. Everyone tells me I need to get to the anthem here. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, down at the waterfront. Pretty awesome. So, so how do we do more? How do we get more of those places, um, the destination of place that you that you described in Fairfax County, you mentioned Mosaic. I know there's others. How do we, how do we attract more of those and, and develop in the way that you want those developed? So, if you if you look back at the history of Mosaic, really the planning department, the, the planning team, Barbara and others on that team, really helped shape that. Um, it took a long time to shape. It would be it would be great if we could do that faster, um, more fluidly. 
um, be more flexible in our regulations and how we use places temporarily, how we use places semi-permanently, and how we use places permanently um, so that you can kind of evolve, you know, toward a, toward a state. It, you don't start off, you know, with, a, you know, um, you know um, with a you know a place like Union Market in 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 Washington D.C. I'm using these as examples because these are recent examples that people are very familiar sure. with. Union Market. When I started working with the developer, um, actually Edens did did Mosaic. I started working with them. I think there was like you know thirty thousand, forty thousand visitors a year at that location. Uh, last year they told me it was two point two million. Oh my goodness. Um, and they had no housing at that, hardly any housing at the location. I'm not going to say no. They had hardly any, maybe three or 400 units. There are now thousands of units there. So it's a live, work, play, live, learn environment. Uh, they have great relationships with Gallia Debt, which is the, with the Harvard University for the Deaf. Um, they have incredible relationships with, the, with the, the larger community. But creating places like that, you have to get flexible in how you create, you know, uses that are kind of not permanent uses that are kind of in between uses like blocking off a street for a you know for a, a, a farmer's market something as simple as that or a made-in Fairfax event right you know I mean now that sounds like an easy thing to do oh my gosh okay is the street um, is, is the street that you're thinking about blocking off a state highway or a state-owned street or is it a local highway or a local street you know or is it owned by the developer or is it you know who has jurisdiction over it how can you use it Are fire life safety codes I mean you start getting it the, the finding looking back I think I think if we if we look if we looked at the other jurisdictions around us and looked at mosaic and how they were created, I think that's really the blueprint for how you move forward. Some of this is already taking place in Tyson's. Okay, um, Rachel Flynn, who is a deputy um, uh, county executive, on, under her leadership, they really have done a lean forward on, on placemaking in Tyson's. I think there's going to be some great things happening there. Um, there's some wonderful um, programming and placemaking in, in Reston. Um, already, um, and that can be grown. So continuing, really, I think we've really kind of set the direction. I think how do you accelerate it is really the question, not whether, it's how do you accelerate it. And then how do you move some of these benefits to places like South County? How do you move some of this activity down to, to Richmond Highway? Um, this is These are the things that we really have to start thinking about creatively. And by the way, they're not easy. Do not think this is just going to happen overnight. Oh, they are hard. Guaranteed, they will be difficult. But they are worth the challenge. They are worth the energy that you put forth in order to um, to resolve them, you know, in a positive way. I can feel your energy. I'm getting excited <laughs> just thinking about it. Uh, one of the things uh, that you mentioned uh, a few times um, is the importance of having strong tech workers mm -hmm. and, and yeah. having that workforce. Uh but the EDA has a new program to attract those types of workers to Fairfax County specifically. How do we continue to get the millennials, those types of workers, not only to work here, but to live here moving mm -hmm. forward? So let me, let me start with the, the blessing of the Board of Supervisors and the county executive putting forth a million dollars this year for the first time. It started July 1, a million dollars specifically for, a t for talent initiatives. And this is, we've hired a talent um, initiative manager. We've gone ahead and we focused on a number of um, uh, very specific uh, talent efforts. I'll get into them in just a moment. But the, the, the key here is that 
that money has been made available not one time. Okay, so the million dollars is this year, 200000 for research and development, 800000 for programming. But then every year going forward, we will have $800,000 available. That really allows us to, do, to design a program and actually implement it and to sustain it. That is really usually the most difficult thing. Usually you can do it episodically, but this was really visionary. This is like, I mean, it's not nearly the scale of funding of the way we fund schools, which is what about 43% of our of our, our budget. No, it's not like that. It's a small amount relative to that, but it's an important amount because we will be doing we will have intervention strategies and we will have them in four areas. We will have them in the area of retention. We're not just going to attract. We're going to focus on retention. We're going to focus on retraining. We're going to focus on growing, and we're going to focus on attracting. Those four things. So think of it as retaining, retraining, growing, and attracting. Those are the activities that we'll focus on. And there'll be initiatives in each one of those pipelines. And those initiatives, what we're what we're doing right now is doing a lot of background research, and we've discovered a lot of programs related to the high schools um, that we believe can be scaled up. And um, there are some programs that um, that companies are doing in the attraction areas that, again, we can participate in and be scaled up. And what we want to do is we want to take those programs and we actually want to grab our partners, the Big Ten, and make them part of it. So that when we start talking about working with seniors, we're not just talking about the 12,000 seniors of Fairfax County. We're talking about the 32,000 seniors that graduate every year from the Northern Virginia region which is a whole nother conversation. That's right. Um, and then how do you pipeline those to, to companies? So, um, so I'm, I'm talking about, and, that, and that's, really more, that's, a, that's really a retention activity. So we can move from that um, to uh, really look at um, attracting talent, and part of it will be placemaking. I gotta be honest with you, Mosaic does more for us um, in terms of attracting and keeping tech talent than you can imagine, because it's a place, again, where you can consume, but you don't have to spend. Um, that you can experience and not spend. That's a very important thing. Now, you can have the choice to spend, and you, and you want those activities too, but it really is very important, I think, to all of us um, because, it, it, you know, something built with public assets, public, you know, funds should actually have some type of public experience related to it um, where you can actually enjoy the experience. And that, that ability to live, work, and play is what not just millennials are looking for, but by the way, boomers are looking for it. And, you know, we're still hanging in the workforce. I mean, I know a lot of boomers in their 70s still working and loving it. So, so the, the, the point is, these things are not just attractive to the millennials. They're attractive to the Xers. They're attractive to the Z. They're attractive to the boomers. They're attractive to all of us. So, so those things will be, you know, part of the work. I have a senior at West Potomac High School in Fairfax County Public Schools, and he'll be off to college soon, and, and hopefully uh, he's the type of person and his friends that could come back to this area and, and be that engine of the future that you're talking about here in Fairfax County. We're definitely recognizing some some themes here, but I did want to ask you, you mentioned the, the Board of Supervisors and your collaboration with them. You mentioned Deputy County Executive Rachel Flynn, mm-hmm. who's doing a great job. Of course, Brian was here, and you yeah. guys have a, a, a great collaboration. Just talk to us a little bit about the importance of uh, the collaboration between the EDA and Fairfax County? Well, the the fact is that the Fairfax County government has such a, a, a huge responsibility. Um, the, the four plus billion, the $4.4 billion budget of the county is used to, to, to finance all the services that we have grown to love. Our our fire service, our police service, um, our our transportation services, our schools, our educational services—it really does. And 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 the number of employees, you know, I think it's what thirty thousand employees um, in, in the county government. That is a massive 
amount of, of, of person power. That's a lot of human capital. And that human capital works in all areas from social work to, to, uh, to, to planning and zoning. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a large scale. Us cooperating, collaborating, finding ways to um, undergird their work, and at the same time bring the value that we bring, which is attracting companies, helping companies expand, um, that, that collaboration is, is essential. Um, and I'll just give you an example. We're working on a, a project right now, and I won't I won't go into details about the project. But this the the county has committed to doing a a public infrastructure match. So we don't give money to companies, but we do a public infrastructure match. Well, that public infrastructure match is attracting um, investment from the state uh, that's going to go to the company. So we don't go to, directly to the company. We do a match to the state's investment. And our match is usually in the form of infrastructure, bike trails, um, you know, um, access roads, um, water connections, um, you know, connections to, you know, to, 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 um, to high speed, um, you, know, you know, cable of some sort or fiber. The, the, the point I'm trying to make is that, that we can't do that without the county. We needed the county to be a partner with us on that. Without their agreement, we wouldn't get the leverage, the investment from the state and we probably wouldn't get the company. And so it really is a it is a is a necessary thing, but it's also one of the one of the ways that we actually set ourselves apart from a lot of other jurisdictions is by that that collaboration and that cooperation. We could probably go here all day. Oh, yeah. You have three or four more hours? Of course, yeah. I know you're a very busy person. <laughs> We're gonna to do two more questions. Okay. Specifically, anything that you're real excited about coming up in the next six, eight months, year, do you want to share with us? We don't break any news, want to spore anything, but any, anything you want to share with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about where we're going with the Big Ten, as I mentioned earlier, this Economic Development Alliance. I am excited because the amount of, of traction that we can gain um, with, with potential um, companies um, is huge when we work as a group, like we're working with this, with this collaborative. And I'm really looking forward to our first mission, by the way, which is December, I think, 2nd and 3rd. Um, we're headed to Chicago. We have two representatives going. Those two representatives, one from Fairfax City and one from Fairfax County, will actually represent the entire uh, coalition, the entire Big Ten. And that, is, uh, that hasn't been done before. So, you know, we're looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Um, and then we have another event that in March, and then we have another event in June, and then another in September. So all the way through next year, we will be able to continue to test our, um, what I call our trial ballooning of our, of our coalition and, um, and, and see what the results are. So that, that's what I'm very excited about. Yeah, it sounds exciting. What about you? What do you like to do in Fairfax County? What's some of your favorite spots? Yeah, so I like to eat. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's a, not hard. That's not, that's not hard. And believe it or not, you know, and I, I don't want to say any names of places because I don't want to push anyone to the side. But I do like the Silver Diner. And, uh, Can't go I'm, wrong I'm, there, I'm, right? I'm, just, I just, I'm a breakfast guy, so I, I love right. the Silver Diner. And I love to walk in the neighborhoods. Um, I have really been, you know, fascinated with the neighborhoods around um, some of the larger centers. I mean, you can walk, um, you can walk a half a mile from the boroughs, and you'll be in a neighborhood of two-story houses. And you keep walking, and now you're down to Ramblers. And th- that I think is is amazing that you can actually have that experience, but so close to high-density metro traffic. I think that's a, it's, it's really an exciting um, experience, and I enjoy that just just walking around. Well, listen, we are very gra- glad you're here. 
Uh, we know you came from one event and you're going mm -hmm. to another. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you spending a little time with us here mm -hmm. on the Connect with County Leaders podcast. Uh, today's guest was Economic Development Authority President and Chief Executive Vic Victor Hoskins. And come back anytime. Mm -hmm. You and Brian, you know, I know the studio is a little tight, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we can fit you guys back well, in. Well, Tony, here. I look forward to it. And, and again, I, I consider it an honor to serve in this role. Well, Thank thanks you. for listening, and for the listeners out there, be sure to join us again next month on the Connect with County Leaders podcast as we chat with another county leader. This has been the Connect with County Leaders podcast. To listen to other great Fairfax County podcasts, visit fairfaxcounty.gov podcasts. And for additional audio content, tune into Fairfax County Government Radio at fairfaxcounty.gov radio. For more Fairfax County news and event information, visit News Center online at fairfaxcounty.gov news. You also may call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m or email publicaffairs at fairfaxcounty.gov. The Connect with County Leaders podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.